I'm in Guatemala City the day before the elections, and I'm speaking with Diego Morales, Secretary of State for Indiana, and he is here as part of a observing group. Now, so Diego, I'm glad to have you speaking with us here in Guatemala, and I should note that he was born in and grew up in Guatemala before moving to the United States. So would you like to tell us what is your official capacity here as an observer? Sure. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we came here. I am honored to say that I am the first Hispanic Latino Secretary of State in the history of Indiana. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, the first legal immigrant Hispanic Latino Secretary of State in all United States. So I'm here in Guatemala yeah. on my official capacity as the Indiana Secretary of State because I am the chief election officer in America, in Indiana. And I brought here a bipartisan delegation of county clerks to the international election observers for this Guatemalan presidential election tomorrow. I understand your role as Secretary of State of Indiana, but what is your actual, for, is there a formal agreement with Guatemalan officials for your role here? Yes. So we uh, actually apply to become international election observers yes. with uh, TSEE. Right. Tribunal Supremo Electoral yeah, in like Spanish. Supreme Electoral Tribunal, yes. So we, and then obviously we sent out an application, you know, for the county clerks, including myself. So they gave us officially some credentials, which it says your name. We send our photos. It has our picture ID. Mm -hmm. We send out even our U.S. passports. Yes, so that yes. way everything is official. And then it says there that we are international election observers for Sunday, we are allowed to go to all the polling locations or booth mm. centers, uh, urnas, as uh, people say. Here, sure, sure. To see, and, and by the way, we are here as Americans, as Hoosiers, may I say Measures, that. yes. Uh, we are here to learn, to see, perhaps to exchange some ideas, some knowledge, some best mm. practices. We are, we're not here to inter interfere in anything. We are here only to oversee. We are going to let the Guatemalan people to choose their next leader. And I hope they will be wise to choose the best person for their country. Yeah, there always is concern about the role of international observers because that they might have an agenda, right? Do you want to speak about who pays for all these observers to come here? And maybe in, in your case and then in others and whether you've, you are concerned, maybe in your case, you want to be hands off, but others are more ideologically motivated. Sure. So, you know, when I was interviewing to become the Secretary of State, yes, yes. I actually uh, said that I will be, I was going to be the first Indiana Secretary of State in the history of my state yeah. to lead a delegation of county clerks to an international, to a presidential international election anywhere in the world, anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it just happened that this year, obviously, it's the Guatemalan and uh, we are honored to be here. And the way we are actually paying our trip, it is not taxpayers' money. We are paying through private and grant money. Mm. We do not believe on utilizing taxpayers' money. I do not. And let me be clear, we are not using any taxpayers' money. We are actually utilizing private and grant money for this because it is an educational and by the way, I brought a bipartisan delegation of county clerks yeah. from both sides of the aisle, and they're here to learn. This is an educational election trip. Yeah, 
you you didn't really address though the other groups. The one I'm we're here in the middle of uh, Zone Ten Guatemala City right now. You see all these OAS people walking around. Now those people are taxpayer funded, right? The OAS is a taxpayer funded organization. Are you concerned that groups like that though may have an ideological angle, or you don't want to? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know them. You know, I, yeah. I can only speak on my delegation of what we're doing yeah. here. What I can tell you is that I'm providing the opportunity for my county clerks in Indiana yeah. to come and experience and see a presidential election, which is tomorrow. I want them to see when Guatemalans go to the ports, they show their ID. I'm a huge believer on voter ID laws. I believe every single person should, before they go to the ports and vote, they should show their ID. We're expecting a big presidential election next year, yeah, 2024, nice. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to advocate always to strengthen voter ID laws. So my county clerks who are here, they're going to see that. They're going to see that here in Guatemala, they have one day election day. In America, we have many yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, And the other thing as well, like here, they use paper ballots in uh, the, the states they show so it, it is different you know so yeah. that's what I want my county clerks as I said I want to speak on behalf of my state I, I cannot speak on behalf of other organizations but only for my state but my job is to provide that opportunity for our county clerks in my state to see how other countries run their elections that's a good point you make about it there, there seems to be almost a contrast between let's say almost chaotic U.S. elections in a first world country and more of a developing country in Guatemala where it seems like the elections are more uh, secure than in the United States. Is that a fair assessment to say that there's there's even more, let's say, rigor assigned to the elections here than in the United States? Or is it just that it's, there's such a variety of approaches in the United States that you can't really make an assessment? Well, I, I can tell you, like I said, even in the States... I can only speak on Indiana. Sure. And I cannot even speak on the other 49 states. Uh, my job is to make sure that uh, we can have free and fair elections and that uh, we, uh, for example, in my state, mm. we only Hoosiers can go and get out there to vote. One, in fact, one of my goals is to increase voter turnout. Sure. I want us every eligible, that's the magic word, the keyword, eligible Hoosiers in my state yeah. or eligible Americans to register to vote and then drive them to the polls and vote. Look, many times I tell people when I go and speak to the schools, like seniors in high schools, I ask them, hey, how many of you will be 18 by election day? Maybe one or two lift their hands, right? And then I said, please, register to vote once you turn 18. And I said, and by the way, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. Not my job. But I said, I encourage you to do your homework. And I say this respectfully. I said, not listen to the media. Sometimes the media doesn't really tell you the truth respectfully. You know, God bless them. I pray for them. But I encourage people to really do their homework and ask the candidates, you know, tough questions before they vote for them. Why do you believe there is so much resistance to voter ID in the United States, both in the courts and at the activist level? And often it will be some sort of allegation that it is a it is a tool of voter suppression yet in a country in let's say a country with a much le or greater informal economy 
Guatemala. There's a, there's a, a, a large economy that is mainly in cash. People don't seem to resist voter ID. It, it is confusing. You know, I, I always share my story. Yeah. You know, I was born here in Guatemala. Yes. When I immigrated in America, it was like going there to the promised land, which is Indiana <laughs> is the promised land for me. So I always said, I use this yeah. phrase, um, born in Guatemala, made in America. Yeah. And I say this because um, when I arrived there legally, I believe in legal immigration, you know, I went through a process. I got the green card. With the green card in my wallet, I actually volunteered and signed up in the U.S. military. Yeah to show my love and gratitude to the American people. It took me almost 10 years to become a naturalized citizen. I went through the whole process. Yeah. So if anybody asked me at the polls, show me your ID, heck, I show you my naturalization certificate, whatever it is. Yeah. To me, it's just common sense. All I'm asking here is transparency. Mm. That's all I'm asking. So no one, if, if there are any folks that they're saying that, uh, voter ID laws are a type of pressing the vote. Let me. Does anyone does anyone make that allegation here in Guatemala? Well, I haven't I haven't heard that any yeah. here. But in America, we hear in some other states. For some reason, it it does carry sway in the United States, and I'm not necessarily sure why that is. Because I mean, the natural response is that you need ID for almost everything else, right? Even to get on a you know get on a plane, obviously, but to, for many other things. And if it is a violation of civil rights, you'd think we would extend it out to other areas of life. So have you faced much pushback in Indiana over this topic? Well, almost 20 years ago, mm. we passed the very first photo ID law in Indiana. Yeah. And let me take the opportunity to say that, that I'm proud to say that this year I passed my first legislation because in, in America we have early voting. Some states, they have a few more days than others. Yes. And, you know, in, in America, people actually can vote by mail. Respectfully, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I like to go to the polls on election day and vote. This session in the Indiana General Assembly, I passed my first bill, which is House Bill 1334, which is expansion of photo ID. So now, if you must request an absentee ballot, an absentee application, mm -hmm. vote by mail, you have three choices to do. Number one you must attach a copy of your photo ID or driver license, just like when you go to the polls. Yes. Or you can you can write the last four digits of your social or the whole numbers of your driver license. All I'm asking is transparency. Of course, I was getting pushed back from the other side. Right. You know, but I said, this is common sense and we're going to do it. And we're going to stand up for the right thing, for the rule of law, for our American constitution, and for what is right. And I'll tell you, in Indiana, I have crisscrossed all 92 counties already, mm. multiple times, and now as my official capacity of Secretary of State, I'm almost done to crisscross 92 counties within six months again, visiting with county clerks, county sheriffs, county prosecutors, talking to them about this last, and everyone seems in, in agreement. My bill, House Bill 1334, plus, you know, passed very well. The General Assembly supported me with yes. that. So I'm very proud that Indiana has now even more good last yeah, you our elections. As you, yeah, you've said before that you want Indiana to be somewhat of a role model for other states. Going to be the lean. 
we've got a middle leader when it comes to election in America. Yeah, so in some ways, you have other states replicated that or followed? Well, yes. Kentucky, right? they just have that. You know, actually, the Secretary of State Kentucky is a good friend of mine. Okay. Uh, you know, so uh, in fact, here in a couple of weeks, I will be in D.C. for the National Association of Secretaries of State. Yes. I'm in the Foreign Affairs Committee for the National Association of Secretaries of State. I will be sharing with the committee what I'm learning this weekend here in Guatemala. So, again, I'm going to be, you know, I lead by example. You know, I don't have to wait for someone to say, well, let's go to become international election of service. No, I'm doing it myself. Sure. And I, I'm going to share all what we'll, we'll be learning this weekend in a couple of weeks in D.C. with the other 49 secretaries of state. 